Welcome to this edition of Morgan Asked For Podcasts. Um, second uh, podcast of the week. Um, I didn't really want to go for like two hours. So we're, we're splitting this up this week into two, maybe three uh, podcasts. Um, this one's going to be, you know, college football, college centric. Um, talk about Iowa and Iowa State football. And then maybe, you know, even a little bit of Iowa, Iowa State basketball. It is that time of year where you turn your attention uh, to it. Um, obviously, Iowa State lost to Clemson in the Cheez-It Bowl last Wednesday uh, by a score of 20 to 13. Um, and then Iowa lost to Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl, same field on Saturday, 20 to 17. Um, also had a chance to win at the end, uh, turnovers by both quarterbacks. Um, and and uh, question marks uh, galore uh, on really both teams, different. But, but still some of the same questions, but definitely different answers and stuff. So first, this is kind of uh, get your take, uh, Trevor, on, on the Iowa State. Well, let's just do the Iowa State one first. It was the first game, uh, 20 to 13. You knew there wasn't going to be a lot of offense, um, especially from Iowa State's point of view. Clemson's a top 10 defense. And when you lose your best player, uh, big 12 offensive player of the year, two times in a row, two time all American, um, you know, your best player, uh, going to be a, a, a relatively high number one running back, uh, in the draft class, your offense isn't going to be the same. Uh, they scored 13 points, not enough. Their defense played well. Um, again, Brock Purdy had you know, a fumble to end the game. And then the interception that was just another boneheaded play. Um, I just don't, and that was the difference in the ball game, uh, set that touchdown. Um, so um, that was kind of the key to the game is that Brock Purdy had to be great to win. And he wasn't, he was good, but he wasn't great. And, and so you don't win the football game, but four true freshmen started that game. Um couple defense three defensive backs and then um, a receiver and and in looking at that and you look at the transfer portal that happened maybe there's a reason that those transfers happened more than you think they came most of them came out of the receiving core and the d-back core um, maybe these guys knew that uh, yeah they were playing this year uh, but maybe next year they weren't going to play as much um, so, but just interesting, uh, you know, a good game. Clemson's a good team. Our friend Zach was there and he went to both games and, and he texts me or I can't remember if I even, I asked him, I talked to him the other night. He called me. We had to argue about something shocker. Uh, but he thought Clemson and Iowa State were the two best teams there uh, of the four. Um, he thought they were better than Iowa and Iowa State, just looking at them physically and, and just, you know, it was a better game per se, you know, the better players around the field. Again, that doesn't mean Iowa beat Iowa State. Um, but if they played again, I think Iowa State would have just as good odds to beat them. Um, I really think they played 10 times actually would. Uh, I don't know, because Purdy makes dumb errors, but uh, as if Purdy wouldn't turn it over, I think Iowa State would win six or seven. Um, but that's that is the game is is the quarterback turning it over. Um, and so moving forward with Iowa state, you know, hundred Deckers, three high, three-star, low four-star recruit, 
he's different. He's 6'4", 230 pounds, and I think that can be good. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, so he's a different quarterback than Purdy. I think you're going to see a little bit more quarterback run just because he's able to do it, 6'4", 230. Um, and then he's got an absolute cannon. That, that was probably the biggest downfall to Purdy. He didn't have a huge arm um, and just couldn't, you know, just unload it. Well, this kid can. And so they're going to be able to maybe go downfield a little bit more and use that quarterback run game. You know, question marks. Offensive line wasn't great this year. <coughs> Needs to be better. We say that every year. Offensive line is a, a key ingredient to football. You can ask Iowa fans. We'll get to this in a little bit. One of the reasons Iowa wasn't as good or perceived to be as good as they were is their offensive line wasn't what they usually are. That's the one thing you can count on in a Kirk Ferentz program, and, and this year wasn't that. Um, but getting back to Iowa State, you know, good receivers. Uh, linebackers, you lose a lot, but uh, Orion Vance is coming back for, I think, a sixth year. That's a big get. We got three young guys coming in, uh, three and four-star linebackers, but they're going to be freshmen. And I don't know how much you can count on freshmen coming in and starting day one uh, very often and being super successful. Uh, but again, like we talked about in the last podcast, super excited for the year and, and just intrigued, you know, can this coaching staff, you know, in this next week or so, you're actually going to see a little bit of movement with assistant coaches now that the bowl games for the most part are all done. Um, you know, different assistant coaches are going to start moving now. Their agreements were already there. Hey, I'm going to LSU, but I'm going to stay with Utah through the Rose Bowl or whatever. And then he's going to go because those coaches don't matter as much on the recruiting trail right away. Um, and then they still have, you, you can't lose coaches, you know, as much as you can with the head coaches and stuff moving around assistance. It's just not as easy to get up and go uh, without leaving your other team in a, in a, in a really world of hurt. Um, but so we're going to see if the coaching staff stays intact I know John Haycock's going to be up for some defensive coordinator jobs big time, um, as he should, just like Phil Parker should be if, if he wants to go anywhere. Um, but just the offseason intrigue is going to be super uh, interesting and, you know, spring football and, and, and then just the transfer portal in general. Do you still lose a couple guys and do we gain some guys? Um, so the roster isn't set. And so we're going to be that. Trevor, you want to kind of go over the Iowa game a little bit? Well, just to hit on the Iowa State game real quick, I, I think I probably agree with Zach. That seemed like the better game. I know Iowa had to lead at one point in theirs. But, again, people that didn't hear our last one that we just did, it, the offseason hype was good for Iowa State. The attention that they were getting, spotlight on the team, the facilities, it, it, was, a good, it was a good year for that. Season didn't quite live up to it, but like you said, three bowl games in a row versus uh, big-time programs, that, that's good to be in that spotlight. And just with Brock Purdy, I was watching with Cody, and we kind of joked, and not not to make too much fun of Iowa State or anything, but that final play kind of – it seemed like it summed up his career at Iowa State in a way. It summed up the season for the sure. The season, and where he's, he's taken off, looks like it's going to be a good play, and then kind of like a disappointment – uh, to an extent and like you said probably more on the season just 
a lot of high expectations to live up to. Again, it reminded me of the of the Iowa team sort of expectation-wise where they won the Orange Bowl versus Georgia Tech, brought back most everybody, and I think made the insight bowl against Missouri, ended up winning, but yeah, almost they didn't, live up, didn't live up to expectations. Almost direct parallel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, still things are still positive. And like you said, there's a lot to look forward to the new quarterback coming in, some of the recruits, how do the next two or three years play out? will be, uh, will be interesting for Iowa state. Yeah. Again, five bowl games in a row, never happened before in Iowa state history. You know, you just need to keep doing it. Six, seven, you know, you just go to a bowl game every year. You're not going to go to the orange bowl. Or you're not going to go to the fiesta bowl every year, but get to it right now. We're at the get to one every year. And then, Every three, four years, you get to that better one, or have a chance to get to that really good one. Yeah, try yeah. to have a try to have a ten win season once out of every three years. Or right, something. we we need a ten win season. I mean that that's the next step. Um, never been there, you know, but that that's the next step is a ten win season. Right, and then try to get that, you know, once out of every three, once out of every four years. Yep. Keep expectations realistic because it it's tough for it's even tough for Iowa to to get those recruits and to stay consistent. So it, it takes a lot of hard work and, and working with sometimes not as much talent as a lot of other programs. Right. And then, you know, in this next few years, there's going to be some changes. Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. You don't know exactly when, you know, Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU and Houston are all coming in. You look at, you know, BYU is a 10 win program. Houston won 12 games. Cincinnati was in the playoffs. Central Florida won their bowl game, you know, you know, are they Oklahoma and Texas? Absolutely not. But if you don't recruit well and coach well and play well, you're going to lose to all four of those teams every week. No, absolutely. That It'll be exciting to see how that conference changes. It'll be interesting to see how Oklahoma and Texas handle the SEC. I, I think it could be pretty rough. Oh. But, you know, time will tell. That that's That's something to look forward to for sure. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up Iowa State football. Let's go to Iowa football. Obviously, 20 to 17 loss. You know, I think, you know, they didn't play bad. I mean, at all. Um, but I think the the most curious thing, and it and it's a Kirk French deal, is is with three minutes to go or four minutes to go, whatever it was, fourth and in inches, and you don't go for it. Um when I think I was the best quarterback sneak team in the country and has been for years. And we got a big quarterback back there. Yeah. And, and a six, five quarterback. I mean, he's not little, he's, he's not Brock Purdy. Um, and, and you're an under center team. I think that that comes, Iowa state gets in that situation where they're shotgun every snap it's fourth and one and you shotgun snap it. So now you're four yards deep. Um, I was not that team. Now we're going to get to that argument here in a little bit, but because of that, you get under center, you snap it, and you go f- fall forward. If you make, if you don't make it, you deserve to lose the football game. And, and I don't think any Iowa fan would be upset at all. You know, you had the best center in the country, and arguably the best offensive lineman in the country. Right. And, and and I, it's a Kirk Ferentz way of doing things. It's punt it. You're you're the best position, best group on your team is your defense. So I understand what he's doing there. And it didn't work out. And if it works out, it's great. You know, um, but again, the question marks for Iowa is the offense. And it, and it, and it really comes down to one position, quarterback. Because um, everybody can say they want Brian Ferentz fired or want him to leave, whatever. 
He may leave, but he is not getting fired. His dad is the head coach. I don't care what anybody says. He, I would say 95% chance if Kirk Ferentz is back as head coach, Brian Ferentz will be the offensive coordinator. And whether it's Ken O'Keefe, the offensive coordinator, or Brian Ferentz, or their receiver coach, or whoever it is, the offense runs through Kirk Ferentz. You know, you can say the offense coordinator is Brian, but everything's run through Kirk, and Kirk is involved in all those meetings, and what Kirk wants run is run. Whether they they could, I don't think it'll happen, but they could fire Brian and hire a new guy, and it would still be the same if that's how Kirk wants to run it. It'd probably be pretty similar. Uh, We'll look at it this way. Look at this one. Greg Davis was the offensive coordinator for Vince Young when they won a national title. Did they run that offense? No. What offense did he run at Iowa? The one Kirk Ferentz wants to run. Right, the power. And and part of that has to do with the recruits that they get. Right. We're, we're limited at receiver and quarterback. O-line tight say that. Running back. Right now, they have as good a receivers as they've ever had. Well, we are pretty deep there. I, I would agree with you on that. It'd be nice to – It'd be nice if the O-line, besides Linderbaum, was a touch better. Right. And it'd be nice if we had a quarterback we really believed in. And I don't think anyone outside of the team uh, believes in either quarterback. No. And But just to get to the game, I mean, it was kind of what I, what I expected. I mean, they had three weeks or a little bit more. I don't know how much time they take off for Christmas and stuff. But essentially three weeks or so to, to prepare for this game and the offense, typical Iowa offense, it, it was frustrating. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't have a whole lot to talk about the game just because, again, the first half of the season was really good. The second half, yeah, it was still a 10-win season. And years from now, looking back or looking down the line, they could say to recruits, look how many 10-win seasons Kirk Ferentz has had. But this this has to be the most underwhelming 10-win season I, that I can think of. I would agree. Ferentz. I mean, look at Iowa State's never won 10 games, ever. And and you're in Iowa ha- doesn't have a ton of them. They they have them. They don't have a ton of them. It's not like every. It's not like Clemson when they beat Iowa State. This was their 11th straight 10 win season. They don't mm-hmm. do that, you know. But yeah, very underwhelming, underappreciated. What the heck? What could have still been? 10 wins, but uh, just did. I think most Iowa fans are just kind of sick. It just. Okay. I, I agree. All right. Now here's a question for you as an Iowa fan is the quarterback that starts the first game next year on the roster right now. I, I think it's probably Petrus. I mean, I, I, agree. I, I don't, it's not under it, it. Now this all changes if Ferentz retires or something, you know what I mean? Right. But if Ferentz is a coach, Petrus starts game one. That would be my guess. I mean, he's pretty loyal to guys when they when they earn a starting spot for Kirk Ferentz. He does not like to take it from him. And well, so- and then and then and and this is this is me as a coach talking. There's nobody that wants to win more than Kirk Ferentz. Nobody, nobody wants to win a football game more than Kirk Ferentz. So if you really think these other quarterbacks that are in there are better, he would play them. <laughs> I, I, I have no doubt in my mind if he really thought they were better and gave his team a better chance to win. Part of this goes back to, and I, and I don't know the depth chart 
besides, you know, Petrus and Papadilla, as I call them. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes guys might not look as good in practice, but when they get into a game, they flourish. And I think sometimes that's what Iowa fans wish give a guy a chance, but that that's easier said than done. They do have Padilla a guy. Padilla had a chance. Padilla could he have, oh, yeah. he, he Padilla could have yeah. done that. If Padilla comes in and has a dynamite game or two, Padilla's a starter. Yep, absolutely. He had his chance and he didn't do it. Now, the stat of the day was when uh, Petrus threw that touchdown pass to Laporta, that was his first touchdown pass since Penn State. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, – that's impressive in a bad way. That that reminds me of a stat I just saw that the uh, the New York Giants receivers this year have four touchdowns receiving, and OBJ has five since he joined the uh, Rams. Yeah, so. has, and he hasn't played very many games, really. So, I mean, it just – yeah, that's one of those stats. It's so bad it's impressive in a bad way. Right. But they got to – I don't follow recruiting really at all. I just know that they've got a young quarterback coming in from Oklahoma called Carson May, or his yep. name's Carson May. Uh, rivals have him as a four-star, others three stars. So six-five, a big kid. I'm hoping that he's a mover. It's been a while since we've had a guy that can really run around. Nate mm-hmm. Stanley was a statue. Peters is kind of a statue. It'd, it'd be nice to have a guy that can move a little. Yeah, and that's and and I've heard some people talk that really Brian Ferentz didn't call a bad game Saturday last Saturday. Petrus was not good on Saturday. I mean, I, I mean, he missed, they ran that same play that they scored a touchdown against Penn state, kind of the throwback to Reganey and Petrus just missed him by 10 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll be honest, I did not watch a lot of the Iowa game. I was watching the Iowa state uh, Baylor basketball game uh, started at one. So I watched the first hour or so then I watched the basketball game, uh, but just, from the people I, I follow on Twitter and trust and, you know, just smart people, um, they, they said Brian didn't call a bad game. Sometimes it is on the players to execute, you know. And yeah, the, the players thought to make the plays. I mean, so in that, that play you're talking about, I mean, it was close to 10 yards he was off on that throw. So that's that's not good. I mean, it, it happens, but it seems like with Petrus or Papadilla, it just happens more often than than it needs to in a program that really has a pretty good team all around, and we're kind of squandering maybe some of the talent, especially on defense. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's it was still a ten win season. Like I said, years down the line, that Kirk can say, "Hey, I had that's another ten win season I had." Blah blah blah. But I think any Iowa fan, for being honest with you, would just tell you that. It was kind of a blot into the season. Just nothing real positive, in my opinion, to talk about. Yeah, so, you know, let's just kind of go into next year. Um, do you think they bring in a quarterback for the transfer portal? Not saying that it's a guy that's going to come in and start or anything, but just to, you know, maybe if he comes in and has awesome, does start, but just some depth and just someone else in there that, Maybe can, you know, that maybe is more of a, a running threat, you know, just for something else to have there. Oh, yeah, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. We'll take him. Oh, and, and so at Iowa State, Hunter Deckers, <laughs> if Caleb Williams wants to come to Iowa State, Hunter Deckers, have a seat, son. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's not going to happen, and he no. should not come to Iowa given their 
quarterback history. He should say at Oklahoma, go to USC or go some go to a big program. But yeah, I, it'd be nice to see him bring in somebody just for competition to right. see if if the Petrus or Padilla can raise their game. Um, I have my doubts on that, but I it definitely wouldn't hurt to bring in a guy that maybe has some experience right. that you know can push those guys or maybe even overtake them and be the starter for a year. I'd like to see it. I, I think almost every Iowa fan would like to see it. So that if we can, if Iowa can manage that somehow, that, that would be nice. Right. And then, uh, you know, um, who, you know, you got to replace Linderbaum, which you're not going to replace him. You just have to find a guy that's as good as he can be and hope that the rest of your line gets a lot better than it was this year. Find an adequate starter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not going to be him. And, the, and no. that's, and I don't know if actually, I was just thinking about this. I don't know if he's declared for the draft yet or not. He has not. I, Officially, I have not heard that he has. That's what I thought. And there's some people that think he could come back. I I would recommend it to him. But I mean, hey, I'd you know be happy if he did, I guess. But with this being kind of a weak quarterback class, and we won't get too far in the NFL, he, this would be a good time for him to go. Yeah, And he almost, he almost had a little scary moment there in the game, too. Right. So um, if I was his group of people that he listens to I'd be saying it's it's time to go to the next the next league and it makes some big time money yeah because he's going to be a, a probably a top 15 pick and, and could definitely go top 10 if the right teams need get what they need uh early and then you know a couple of those teams like the Giants have two picks in the top 10 most likely with the Bears pick mm-hmm. um, so they're gonna need two guys and they need linemen yeah, I've seen him mocked a lot in the top 10. I'd, I'd still be surprised. You know, Quentin Nelson went six, like four or five years ago to the Colts, and everyone was just killing him for that because typically guards don't even go in the top 10. So I'm not saying he wouldn't, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll get more into that as the draft gets closer and right. kind of focus on that. But I, I have seen plenty of mock drafts that have him in that top 10. So it's now's the time for him to probably go. Right. Just like Brees Hall. You know, it sucks. You wish he'd come back. You want him to come back, but you got to go. It's just the way it is. It's life-changing money, and we talked about this on the last one or one of our last two ones earlier in December where, you know, you can always go back to school. You can do a lot of stuff, but your your football career is a short window, and you got to take advantage when you can. Yep, absolutely. So what are your, you know, like I kind of said, my expectations next year for Iowa State, get to another bowl game. I would say, you know, seven, eight wins. Uh, what what do you think about Iowa? Typically, I mean, I, I've told you this before, going into most years, my kind of my my bar is get to eight wins. That's just kind of my standard under Kirk Ferentz, get to eight. Anything above nine or more is kind of a, um, a positive most of the time, not always, you know, case in point this year. But, yeah, I think nine wins needs to be – kind of the the bare minimum, bringing a lot of players back. Again, the quarterback play uh, might not support that, might not get some of the same breaks or things like that that we got this year. But, yeah, I mean, eight or nine wins. I mean, anything less than that is going to be pretty disappointing, in my opinion. Now, I haven't broke down the schedule, so the, I don't the know. The schedule is tougher. Uh, okay. they, play, they play Michigan, play Michigan State. Um, yeah, so it is not as easy. Uh, they play South Dakota State right out of the gates who's one of the best FCS teams. So it's right. not just going to be a walkover. Um, you know, they should win. And just like they should win every time. But, you know, 
it's it's not like they can just you know walk in, you know. And their first two games are South Dakota State and Iowa State. You know, neither one of those games are just going to be a cakewalk, right? Like they have been over the course of time. Um, you know, Iowa State is still going to be looking for that first win uh, in a long time, and and so that's going to be a big big time game. Uh, just one, you're not, you know, both teams aren't going to, you're not going to know what either team is yet. That's what would be nice if that game was late in the year, but is what it is. It's always going to be at the beginning. And, but yeah, I mean, I just think I agree with you. I mean, you know, eight wins. I was listening to that. He's a Hawkeye fan and he actually does a radio show after the game and everything. And, and he he's worried about next year, actually. He, he's with the schedule and everything. He's like, you know, if things don't go right, like they did this year a little bit, he goes, I can see five, six wins, you know, just with who they play and and stuff like that. And I, I just – I think I was better than that just because I think I do see the skill. But if they don't get better quarterback, I can see that way too. Yeah, better quarterback and the O-line takes a step up. Again, we talked about Linderbaum already, but the, but the rest of the O-line replacing him if he leaves. Defense is usually always solid. I mean, we, right. we kind of know that. and. They do have some weapons. So, yeah, I mean, like I've told you before, going into most years, at least get to eight wins. Anything under eight is just a season just to forget, in my opinion. But if you get to eight or more, you're at least going to like an outback bowl, a decent a decent bowl game. Maybe not one you quite want, but at least get to eight wins or more. That's just kind of been always been my expectation over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Right. I would agree. I mean, Iowa State's not quite there yet. Um, you're still kind of at the get to a bowl game. So six or seven, mm-hmm. you know, eight would be the thing about eight would be better than this year. I mean, think about that. <laughs> I mean, right. And you'd have a new, a lot of new faces at a key yeah. positions. So if you can get to eight, I mean, that, that'd be a, by all accounts, it'd be a good year. Now it all depends how the year plays out. Right. We talk about Iowa, but it, you know, I mean, looking ahead, I mean, if Iowa State gets eight regular season wins, like new quarterback and, and other players, I mean, I, as of right now, that would seem like a pretty big positive. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's just, you know, just kind of go over um, the, the year in football. Um, you know, conference realignment, transfer portal, coaches changing. Um, those are kind of the big stories. Um, SEC dominance and, and kind of like we talked about, top, very top heavy in the SEC. Georgia and Alabama. And I would even – I know AM didn't have the season they wanted, but I'd put AM there and LSU there um, overall. But, like, there's four teams that on a given day can beat anybody because of the talent they have. Um, it's going to be super interesting with Brian Kelly at LSU. If he can get that talent to LSU and get some of those guys out of AM or Alabama or whatever, um, he has a chance to win and win big there. I mean, he won really well at Notre Dame. And actually, one of the great stats is Notre Dame's like 0 and 10 in BCS slash New Year's six games ever. Right. I mean, they've never. They just, he, he put together some good teams, but just not quite good enough that, right. especially the lines. And, and well, I mean, overall, I shouldn't just say the linemen, but because Notre Dame does put a pretty good amount of linemen in the league. But yeah, it just, it just wasn't enough to compete with the Alabamas. Right. and teams like that. And the expectation for Brian Kelly at LSU is a national championship. If he doesn't win one there, it's a disappointment. That's right. the last three coaches have all won a nat- natty there. Orgeron, uh, Mad Hatter, 
and uh, Nick Saban. So, when Les Miles won, yeah, Matt Hatter. Oh, Matt. Matt yeah, never mind. Sorry, I, you, I didn't hear what you said there. Yeah, no, and they, they're all uh, characters too. And Brian Kelly's a character. Oh yeah, all that with his uh, the speech he gave at the gym, and then also the uh, Garth Brooks song. Yeah, danced around. So expectations are high. If, if he doesn't win a national championship, I mean, it's it's going to be a failure because he's going to have all of the he's going to have everything he needs to get the top players. Right now, he just has to recruit him to get there. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, the, obviously the other big one is uh, Lincoln Riley to USC. How fast he turned that around? I think it's really fast. Maybe one year. I could even see this year um, them playing in the Rose Bowl next year. Yeah, I, I've heard that they have some. They have one of the best talent. classes ever coming in, ever. Really? Okay. Uh, with, all well, the, with all the transfer guys going there. I would just say with them playing in the pack, talking about expectations i would i would think he needs to at least get to nine wins his first year right and obviously like you said get to maybe compete for a rose bowl or something like that but within about year three or four maybe even year two but he's going to expect to make the playoffs and it's an easier up the pac-12 is easier than other conferences so really it's oregon and utah they have no excuse to not be able to recruit better than those schools yeah and oregon's in a, and oregon's in a state of transition um, we'll just see how that guy does there. Utah will always be good. Whittingham is really good. And they're always going to be right there. You know, I mean, they're going to get, they're not going to win that South. They're going to be always second. You know, they're going to be right there. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're not easy outs, but it's an easier conference. And I, I expect that he'll do good there. Um, you know, Cristobal down at Miami, it, it, it'd be nice. Like I said, if we get a lot of these, USC, Texas, Miami. It'd be nice if these schools could get back on track and really I, be powers again. I, I read a thing. I don't know if it was on The Athletic or ESPN or CBS or whatever, but the biggest sleeping giant in college football is Miami because of the NIL deal. And there's so much money down there. And who wouldn't want to go play in Miami? I mean, that's a, and it's location. I mean, it's Miami. <laughs> Yeah, no, they and the players are right there. I mean, honestly, you can just recruit Southern Southern Florida, and you can win a national championship. Sure, if they can keep the players there, and then they need to get their own football stadium going. Right, um, that's kind of crazy that they, they don't have one right now. So they they need to get that. That that's going to be a big step. But it'd be nice if all three of those could get back on track. Florida State, like we've talked about, right? They're they're down right now get some of those big historic programs back up and winning again with somebody other than Alabama and Georgia, which we're going to see Monday night um, on a scale of one to 10. That's a one for me. I, I, and I'll, I I'll watch the fourth not, quarter. I'm going to watch, watch every quarter. second of it. I'll watch the first quarter and the fourth. If, the, if it's good in the first, maybe I'll stick around for the second and third quarters, but I'm not going to watch all that game. I can't do it. It just, there's no parody in college football right now. And it just, it, I don't know what, it, well, and, I lose and, my interest in it real quick. Huh? I lose my interest in it real quick when it's and, and, SEC and, versus SEC. Well, and they're, they're the same program. Kirby Smart, the reason he has Georgia being Georgia is he's from there. He played there. So he has that connection, but then he learned everything from Nick Saban. So he runs it like Alabama, but then just in Georgia, being able to recruit a little bit further East, 
and they're battling for the same guys. Do you want to go to Georgia? Do you want to go to Alabama? That's, right. you know, if Alabama says no, okay, come to Georgia. You're pretty freaking good, you know, or vice versa, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's not a disrespect program. thing with me. It's just it's the same old teams, but I I definitely respect what they what they do. I mean, they they've got these programs built up ready to go. I guess the interesting thing will be can Georgia finally take the next step and, right. and beat Alabama when it counts. Yeah, they're he's 0 and 7 against uh Saban. Uh you know, lost in uh two uh SEC title games and lost in one national championship. So, I mean, this will be four times for championships, and let's see if they can get one. Yeah, I guess that will interest me a little, but I'll, I'll watch. I'm I'm being kind of a downer right now, but I'll, I'll tune in. Yeah, I, I would have liked – I hope it's a good game. I would have liked to see Michigan win that game. I was surprised at how – and it just goes to show you how football is is just so – much of a fine line on a certain Saturday, what happens? Because, you know, Michigan could do no wrong against Iowa. And Georgia really could do no wrong against everybody all year, except for that Saturday against Alabama. Yeah. I mean, it's like one game they played horrible. So the only good thing is we're going to see if Alabama is just better than Georgia or if Georgia just played really bad that day. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting <laughs> by the by about third or fourth drive of that Michigan game. You knew it was probably over. Yep. Michigan went for it on a fourth down, seemed a little risky, kind of near midfield, I think it was. But yeah, well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear we're going to see the two best teams in college play, which is the way it's the way you want it. Maybe not the teams you want to see, but it's the best matchup. Yeah, it, it, they're the two best teams. They proved it on the field, um, and that's what you want to see. Um, I was actually very encouraged and how good Cincinnati played. I mean, they weren't as good as Alabama. You can see that from the start. Um, and they were never really going to win that game. But, you know, they didn't let it get out of hand like Michigan did. And, you know, they held their, you know, last year they played Georgia and lost by a field goal, I think. And this year, you know, this year played, uh, you know, a really good game against, you know, the future. Um, you know, I'm going to say Alabama's going to win. So I'm going to predict Alabama to be the national champ. So it's it's what you wanted to see in a from that Power Five group. And so you know I, I was just pleasantly surprised with Cincinnati. Now I'm getting to be a little bit biased on Cincinnati, and I pay a little bit more attention to them because they're coming into the Big Twelve. Uh, but you know whether they come in this year or in five years, this year they were one of the best teams in college football. And they proved it, and they stood up and didn't get blown out of that game, and and they should be real proud. You know, then the other thing with with college football that that's is the transfer portal, and with you know the big news that came out yesterday, I think, or or the day before, was Caleb Williams in Oklahoma, and essentially, he is just truly taking the free agency. Essentially, he took the player option in a free agent contract. You know, if you read his letter to Oklahoma or to anybody, whatever you want to say, it says he's considering staying at Oklahoma, but he wants to look at, look to see what's happening out there. He wants to go. Now, is this, who's the highest bidder with NIL stuff? Is this, 
you know, and, and this is what the portal was for is his coach that he went to play for left and is at USC. Lincoln Riley is at USC. If he wants to play for Lincoln Riley and then he needs to go to USC. And if he thinks that's his best chance to play in the NFL, and it might be, you look at Lincoln Riley, he's got, you know, Baker Mayfield, number one pick Heisman trophy, Kyler Murray, number one pick Heisman trophy. Jalen Hurts came in as Heisman uh, as a transfer from Alabama, second place in the Heisman Trophy. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Three starting quarterbacks in a row are starters in the NFL. Uh, two of them are going to playoffs, and, and Baker Mayfield, you know, they they were kind of going well, and he got hurt, and he's going to have surgery after last night's uh, game on his on his off shoulder. So. When he went to Oklahoma, when he signed at Oklahoma, he signed up to play for that coaching staff that got the last three quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, new coaching staff, Brent Venables, he's a great coach, but he's a defensive coach, hired Levy from Ole Miss, who is as has one of the best quarterbacks this year in the draft. You know, Matt Corral, we're going to see uh, how he does, but he's going to be probably a top 10 pick in the NFL. And so he has his own, you know, and, and he's been places and everything, but that's what the transfer portal is for. Now, I don't like where he's usually truly just saying player option where he might stay uh, and he's just seeing what's out there. I don't like that use of it. If you want to go to the transfer portal, transfer, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, just – it's just interesting. And then as soon as that happened, Dylan Gabriel decommitted from UOCLA and went back to is going to Oklahoma. So does that mean Caleb Williams isn't going back to Oklahoma, but just put that nicely in the letter? Um, you know, the transfer portal should not be the transfer portal. It should just say free agency. We have free agency in college football. Absolutely. And like you said, uh, back in December, we were talking there needs to be a more structured plan to all this. Right, like, right, right now, I'm okay. You know, Caleb Williams, he went and played the bowl game, did his best. They won the game, played awesome. Now, these next two weeks, he's in the transfer portal. Do your thing. Perfect. He is doing it perfectly. Right. And there, just, there, needs to be, there needs to be some structure, kind of like NFL. We know when free agency is. We know when the tampering period is. We know when the draft is, preseason, when workouts start. There just needs to be a schedule, and it's not that hard. It's not saying that there needs to be a ton of regulations, just a schedule that people can follow, and everyone's on the same page. The problem is there's no commissioner in college football. Well, that's that's a problem all on its own, and I think you and I probably agree on that. Not that everyone likes commissioners, but yeah. they're kind of needed at times. Yeah, there's got to be somebody that can set up something, you know. Absolutely. So, well, anything else you really want to talk about on uh, college football, Trev? I know that's not your number one thing. But... No. Um, and actually, I was just looking. I know there's a game going on right now. Uh, yeah. Who's winning that game? It's at, it's LSU and, and Kansas State. Kansas State's up 21 to 7, right? It's just about before halftime. So, looks like Kansas State's got a lead there. I, I assume Brian Kelly's coaching that game. I don't know, I guess. I didn't. I don't think so. They got uh, okay. one, one of LSU's assistants. Orgeron said, I'm out. I'm headed to the beach, and I don't blame him one bit. And He's going to go hang out with his uh, girlfriend. Yep, or friends. 
or friends. That's right. <laughs> no, that that's it. We'll uh, we'll talk about the national championship game, and then you know, as as the combine gets closer, and then the the draft, we'll we'll kind of dig back into college football and talk about some of the the best prospects, and both from Iowa and Iowa State. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Trev. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Morgan Yes for Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast on your podcast player to help spread the podcast out to bigger audiences.